I'm excited to be able to share the word of Jesus with you. How many of you at this time of life want to know you're making a great choice to set yourself up for a great win in the next year? And so today I'm going to speak to you about open and shut doors. As this door was wheeled in, I thought, I wonder if it's number 10. (laughs) A great door of authority for our nation. What are the doors that have caused confrontation or distress. I wonder, as you look back at 2018, what have you loved about it? What are your highlights? Or maybe you look back and think, oh, let's fast forward. But you know, however tough or rough the year is, it's amazing when you reflect, there is always a twin track. We can always find the kisses, the blessings, the wow, moment when we think, how did that happen? How many of you know what I'm talking about? But what about 2019? What are the changes you'd like to see? What are the accomplishments that you know you need to win? It is, just as Pastor Dave said, that in between, are we Merry Christmas or Happy New Year? But what a time to make a choice. What a time to be in the house of God and to land good choices to set us up. We read in Revelation chapter 1 verse 8. It's the last book of the Bible. And this is God speaking about himself. And maybe you can read it from the screen with me and read it like you've had at least three good, fully leaded coffees. Come on. One, two, three. I am the Alpha and the Omega says the Lord your God, who is and who was and who is to come. It's the Almighty. Here God is speaking about himself and he says, I am the Alpha, the beginning, the initiator, the entrepreneur, the starter-upper. I am the reset, start. But I'm the ending. I'm the conclusion I'm the shut the door. I'm fit is finished. He is the God who holds both all that startup expectation, but he's also the God who holds the finish, completed, done, accomplished. And I wonder, you see, as we advance into 2019, I believe God wants to upgrade your personal skill, but also that of you here in Kingsgate, so that actually that correct closure brings you an opportunity to almost be on the trampoline to step forward in a whole new way. And God says, I am the God of Alpha and Omega. But I want first, before we step in, because so often New Year we're thinking about the new, let's shut some doors. You know, this door is a little bit open, but maybe we need to shut it completely. Shut things tight. John 19 verse 30 says this of Jesus when he was on the cross. And when he received the drink, Jesus said... Say it with me. It is. I think he made it a real cry. It is finished. Done it. Completed. Shut the door. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Many people say Jesus was murdered. I don't believe that. No one could murder Jesus. To murder means to violently take a life. 
No one took Jesus' life. He gave it. Before it could be taken, he gave it. And you see, that is the art of our God and how he closes things. He doesn't live with a victim mentality of this got taken from me. No, there was a decree, a cry that says, no, it's finished, not going there. I'm going to give it up and not live with the attitude it was taken from me. All of us have moments, whether distressing or exhilarating, where we just know it's done. How many of you had that? You walked into a room and maybe sat at your desk at the job and you just thought, this is done. You're not quite on the door out, but you know something got settled. A door slammed. And something in your inner psyche, spirit of who you are said, it's finished. Maybe there's friendships you've been messing around with and you just need to shut that door once and for all and have a, it is finished moment. There are certain seasons you need to end and there needs to be a finality that you can cry like Jesus did. It is finished and give it up. Isaiah 22 verse 22 says this, and it's talking about that authority, the mantles that come on us to actually grace us, to steer our life well and hit the targets that we have. And it was prophesied over a young man, David, a king. And he says, and I will place the key to David's house on your shoulders. And when we're aligned under that sovereignty of an amazing God, he says, and what he opens, no one can shut and what he shuts, no one can open. You see, we live in a shut and open society. And God is speaking to you. If you're here today, I believe you're here because Jesus had a word for you. And it's not all about just the great expectation of 2019. It's also about the great choices of closure for 2018 and behind. Why? Because I believe this is such a time to set you up. You see, every circumstance, whether it's your economy, your politics, family issues, these don't control the doors. What God shuts, no man can open. And maybe we're kicking some doors and fighting some battles where God is on the other side just saying, no, this is not a good door for you. It is finished. Will you leave this door alone now? It is finished. As I was really praying about this time and asking God, are there any particular doors? God really spoke to me about precious people that would be in the house today, and particularly men, I felt. And God says that today is going to be a day to shut the doors of regret. Shut the doors of regret. You see, to move forward, you need to take off that backpack that is carrying all the I wish I had, if only I had. It was like as I was praying for you, I heard some fathers praying, if only I had been a better father. I had a bad temper with my boy. I'm now just, what you sow is what you grow. I'm just reaping. And you have convinced yourself that actually... 
What you have in your world is now legitimate and you're carrying the regret. But Jesus sent me here today because he wants to help you close that door completely. No gap. Shut the door. Don't carry a backpack of regret anymore. I love this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. And I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. Read it with me. One, two, three. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. Now, this is the bit. One, two, three. There is no regret with that kind of sorrow. What kind of sorrow? Well, there is a sorrow where we come owning our stuff to an incredible God and we say, God, I'm sorry. I wasn't great in my marriage. I did play around, did have an affair, did have an abortion, have got really angry, haven't been really very integrous in my relationship. I'd have been so fearful, anxious. There's all sorts of stuff that's molded my life that I can see is shaping my relationships and my world. And well, I've got to own it because I've done it. And it's almost like the devil craftily convinces us it's a part of our integrity to carry our regret. After all, we did it, we should own it. And this is what I felt God say. There is no regret after true repentance. You know, when you come to your daddy God and you just say, God, I am sorry, let it go. This is your powerful statement of freedom. But the devil is almost devious with you. He's sneaky. He's saying, actually, don't think you can get off that lightly. You should own it and carry it. Take some blame. You made those choices, so you have to live with the consequences. It's your deal now. But God says, no, no, no. With the godly sorrow, there is no regret. There is no, there is no regret. So I want you to look at your life and where you, almost out of a sense of integrity, are carrying a wrong sense of regret. If only I hadn't done that so long. If only I've had. And I felt that the enemy has plagued so many of you with this sense of, I should have done more, I could have done more. But today, God says, come on, forgive yourself. Because that is really what dealing with your gratis are about. You forgive yourself just as your daddy has forgiven you. You see, forgiveness is not so much about that you agree with the actions, but forgiveness is just that you mean you have made a decision to shut that door and no longer hold those actions against yourself or against others. And some of you today, you need to shut that door Forgive yourself because God has forgiven you. Be kind and close it. He is a God of Omega. It is finished. It is finished. What do you need to look at and say it is finished? Because God is the God of Alpha Omega. But most of us then have to live from the Omega to the Alpha and that's what I believe as we're transitioning from 20 to 18 to 2019 is about. It's like we're coming to an end of a lot of seasons. It's an omega season. 
Many things are, it is finished. It is finished. And God is speaking that over your life. Maybe you've stepped away from God. Maybe you've lost the face of God in your 24-7 world. But today, that isolation is finished. Today is a day to come home. Today is a day to close the door and step into 2019 with a whole level of upgrade and expectation. Not just because of a great sermon, but because of a great knowing. It is finished. Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19 says this. Now, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. It starts with the omega. It starts with the closure. It starts with the shutting. Why? See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Can't you see it, perceive, see it, understand it, process it, rationalize it? I am making a way in your wilderness. I'm putting streams in your wasteland. Naturally, we are usually more excited about beginnings than endings. There's something in the human psyche that loves a challenge. Wow, new year, happy new year. We want the new. We don't want to necessarily confront the omega, the old. A new job always seems better than a redundancy or a retirement. A birth definitely feels more comfortable than a death. A marriage and a wedding is more exciting than widowhood or maybe divorce. Opening the business and the startup, the, the creativity, the entrepreneurial release of a new business is definitely better than the selling of it and the processing. We love Alpha. But God says, I am the God of Alpha and Omega. I'm the God that closes things well. And that very act of closing actually enables you to see the next Alpha. And for many of you, I believe that there are things that need to shut so you can see the new Alpha, the new opening, the new door. Because yes, God is Alpha and Omega, but every Omega, every finishing, then presents the opportunity of an Alpha. Every time something shuts, something is about to open. Every time we let go, God gives us something to grow. And I want to prophesy to you, even here in Kingsgate, that maybe some things have appeared to shut down. Maybe in your personal lives, maybe your family life, maybe even in your ministry. And you thought, why is that shutting down? There's been a bit of a closure. But I believe that you've been in an intensive building season. You've been finishing the job. It's like God gave you a job to do, maybe in your marriage for this time, maybe in your business. And it's like you've been ticking boxes, done that, done that. You've been in a strategic, focused time, thinking about that promise, thinking about the, um, the um, direction that God has given you. And you've been working to accomplish it. But now it's like, I'm done. I feel done. That's finished. That's closed. What now? And we have in our minds that Omega is da 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 da. Boom, I'm dead. No, there's many Omegas in our life. 
There are many shift moments, many times when a season begins to move and how we handle it determines what happens to us. And I believe for many of us, we're just feeling, well, I've worked hard, I've ticked the box, I've ticked the box. I feel I've accomplished a lot. But now God says, it's a season of open doors. As you take the courage to shut things and let them go, new things are going to open. There's open doors. I went up to the prayer room and prayed with, prayed with one of the prayer team before I came down. And interestingly, they prayed this verse over me. We find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 8 to 9. I felt that this was a scripture that God wanted to give to many of you. That you've come to like a conclusion. You felt a bit of an omega. And maybe your workspace marriage space, not in that you're giving up in your marriage, but you feel, well, we've got the house and we've got the thing and we feel settled and we've got the kids. What now? Or we've done this, we've done that. There's a sense you've ticked some boxes, shut the doors. And God is the God of Omega. But he says, now step with me because I'm the God of Alpha. I am opening doors. And this is what this scripture says, but I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost. Why? Because a great door for effective work has opened to me. I believe there are some great doors that are about to open to many of you. But you need to close some doors to create some capacity for the next doors. How many of you already feel you're running with everything you've got? You haven't got a lot of space and place in your world. How many would say, yeah, I'm running. And that is one of the keys why what I'm speaking about today is so important. Because if we don't close some doors, we don't create capacity to do the next thing. Do you get what I'm saying? There are certain things we've got to let go. There are certain things we've got to shut. I remember when I moved to Oxford from Watford. I had lived in Watford for 17 years. I had a lot of great friendships there. And for quite a while, I tried to maintain all my friendships in Watford as I dug into Oxford. And it was about an hour, an hour and a half's drive each way. And by trying to sculpture that into my world, I was exhausted. And I just kept feeling God say, let go, it's time to grow. It wasn't that the friendships were evil or wrong, but they had now become distracting to the new thing. And I had to shut some doors on friendships. I had to reconstruct some of my time. I had to reconstruct some of my leisure, what I gave myself to. Why? Because I had to make room for the new. There are great effective doors open to you. The end of that verse is, and there's some that oppose it. That's the awkward bit. That's the courageous bit. That every time we go into the new, it takes courage. We often feel that opposition. To craft a new path is always more difficult than to maintain the old. But I believe God is saying to you, I am the God of Alpha and Omega. Now receive the Omega and discover new Alphas. How do you know if there's a new door for you? Uh, how, how can you be sure? It's a perspective thing. What can you see? 
And so often we become a little bit like chickens. We've got our heads so to the dust, just doing what we need to do, that we lose the eagle perspective of getting up into the heavenlies with God and seeing the big picture. We just feel like the little chicken, peck, 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 head in my dust, just keep going, keep going. I owe, I owe, it's off to work, I go, you know, the whole thing of I'm just in this machine. And we lose our perspective of the greater in you. God wants to breathe. We sang that song. It's your breath in our lungs. There's something he wants to breathe in you. Those bones need to cry out a new sound. Where it's just got into pigeon, chicken mentality. He says, come on. Big perspective. I want you to change your worldview of what your life looks. Close some doors. Give yourself some space. Behold. There are new doors, great, effective doors. Can you see them? And here in Revelation 4, it says, and after this, after what? It was an assessment, really, of an audit of all the churches, how they were doing, the good and the bad and the ugly. And after all this assessment, suddenly there before me was an open door. And I heard a voice speaking like a trumpet. Like a trumpet. Why a trumpet? Because sometimes we need that slap, wake up. It's like God has to say, hello, new day, new perspective, new doors. Shut it, step up, walk in. Have a different look. He says, come up here and I will show you what will take place after this. And some of you got stuck in the pigeon chicken mentality. And he says, no, shut the door. It's finished. Oh my God, end of that season. But I've got new great doors for you. Why? Because he wants to create in you that capacity so you can pioneer again. You see, I know that this house has a slogan, think big or you'll limit me. And it's so easy when we're doing things well, building, crafting, ticking our boxes, going through the list of the promises of God. My marriage is better. My kids are looking good. School's okay. I'm paying my bills. We tick our boxes and we're just in a journey in that in-between of Alpha to Omega. But there's a dissatisfaction. And then we hear the trumpet call, come up. And it breaks the chicken mentality. And for a moment, we dare to dream. And I believe that there is a shift coming. And God is speaking. It's trumpet. Why? Because he needs to slap us, wake us up out of our panic. We've got into chicken mentality. Oh, dear Brexit. Oh, in, out, shake it all about. Do the hokey pokey, turn around. What in the world's going on? We don't know. We can get mesmerized. We can get into the minutiae of the detail and overwhelm, but I believe God has got a trumpet call. Hello, wake up, come up here. I've got a great, effective door for you. I've been a bit public about it because people will say, what did you think, Rachel? Well, I voted leave, but I thought I would vote remain. I'm a girl who loves the prophetic, who loves evangelism. My heart is committed. I work in Europe a lot. So when the vote came, I thought, of course, we need to stay connected. We've got a mandate to preach the gospel into Europe. I want to easy keep my passport. 
And God spoke to me and said, Rachel, what do I want? I said, I don't know. Gordon said, leave. Gordon and God go quite closely together. He's my husband. But I, being a typical independent, you know, I am 16 going on 17. Gordon's 10 years older. And so that was, he met me when I was 17. And he always, I am 16 going on 17. But I said, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> you need someone older and wiser telling you no, thank you. <laughs> and so it comes to the Brexit, and I'm like, no. And God spoke to me. He said, Rachel, I'm going to do something, whatever you vote. It will be a leave, and I am going to disconnect our nation, to reconnect it, to realign it for a new pioneering of my gospel to go into Europe. So I look at Brexit from a heavenly perspective. I heard God. You see, I stepped into heaven and he spoke to me like a trumpet and said, I don't care about your politics, Rachel. I've got a kingdom purpose and I am going to disconnect Britain to realign her to her original design. I'm going to shake her and mess her around with her, but I'm going to put a voice in the nation of Britain and you will have a call into your nation and into the nations because I decreed that the British Isles always will carry a pioneering responsibility for the gospel in Europe. Let it be according to your word in Jesus' name. So God, we pray for number 10. We pray for that door. We pray for every bit of wisdom and whether it shuts or opens. Omegar Alpha, we just pray, let your kingdom come. Take us to a higher level. Let us see a bigger vision. You see, God wants to do something that's beyond our psyche. He's calling you, come up here. Will you have courage to pioneer? Think big or you're going to limit me. Think big in your life. Think big for Kingsgate. Come on. We have, we have worked hard. We have built. We have built. Heads down. Built. 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 But there is an omega. It is finished. You've ticked this box. You've completed these parts of the puzzle and the project. Now, step back. Step up. And see, I have opened an effectual door for you. Leviticus 26 does it like this. Pastor Mike, do come. You see, I want to read this. You see, here's this scripture, Leviticus 26. And this is the word of the Lord. And he looks at me and he said, And I will look on you with favor. And I will make you fruitful. I will increase your numbers. And I will keep all my covenants with you. How many think that's a fantastic promise? Take it for your families. This is what God says, but just wait. Because I look on you with favor. I make you fruitful. I increase your numbers. Every bit of my covenant I keep with you. And then you expect him to carry on in that vein. Then he looks, the scriptures go on and say, yes, but you're going to eat all the harvest of the incredible years of your investment. Every life, you've eaten it all. But now move it out, Mike. Leave it. Walk away from it. Can leave your harvest because I need you to make room for the new. That takes courage because you see that's part of your legacy that's even part of your integrity that's part of you who you're known as and to just say when God says I've got more for you I've got more but now leave all your harvest all what you've produced all what you've done all your accolades come on for you in your job in your marriage now leave it 
walk away. It's an alpha season. I want you to make room for the new. Come on, go really bless you. And for many of you, that is the courage. It is hard to do the omega. But God is saying, come on, I've got more for you. I've got more. You see, there is more. It's an upgrade season. I fly ever such a lot. And that word upgrade is particularly precious to me, especially when I come to check in. And when I've got a long haul flight and they say, oh, Mrs. Hickson, you are upgraded. It's very hard not to do a little jig and go, yay, Jesus. And everyone else goes, hmm. (laughs) But God has got an upgrade for you. He says, come on, shut. I'm the God of Alpha Omega. And after every Omega, there is an Alpha. There is more. Our culture makes us very cautious of excesses, especially as British. We like the Oliver Twist mentality. What? You want more? Come on. I've come deliberately to make you hungry deliberately to provoke you, deliberately to help you see 2019 as a new alpha. Get on that trampoline of the goodness of God and jump into his arms and trust him to open a large effective door. But you need to get rid of your baggage. That regret, those friendships, those memories, that stuff that always says, but not me. Puts that Oliver Twist mentality. No one will notice me. Better shut up. Can I please, sir? Can I have some more? Oh, no, I knew you wouldn't give it to me. It's okay. I I didn't really mean it. No, boldly come to your daddy today and say, I want more. I believe there is more. I believe as I create room for the new, God, you are going to so lovingly surprise me. And I want to finish, and if the worship team can come, with Matthew 7, 11. It says, if then, read it with me, come on, one, two, three. If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. We've just had Christmas. How many daddies gave a lot of gifts to children? How many daddies spent a lot of money giving gifts to children? (laughs) If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, now read this. How much more? Read it again. How much? How much more will your Father in heaven give what? Good gifts to those who? To those who? To those who? You see, as we step in to 2019, break the sound barrier. Break that Oliver Twist mentality. Break that thing that says, oh, well, it's just the New Year hype thing. No, come on. Shut the doors. And come as your children to Daddy and ask Him. This is time for the big ask. Father, I want more. How many of you want more? 
How many of you can actually quantify that more? You know what that more looks like for you. And God is saying, have you got courage to break that sound barrier and ask him, oh God, I want more. Because I believe that this is a pivotal year for many of you. I believe that this is a year that if you will learn to shut, you will step out from heaven to earth in a whole new way. Our newspapers might say 2019 is going to be a really tough, awful year. But I have such an expectation in my spirit that 2019 is a year of unprecedented opportunity for the church if we will start to ask our daddy, upgrade more. Come Holy Spirit. Are you ready for that? <laughs>